0: You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 110, Aborted, presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you think Terror Vision is a failed sequel to Videodrome, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff,
1: we're talking about Aborted. Oh yeah. I tell you what, it's a good thing that you came up with that intro. Cause the one that I was going to use, I, you would have cut it like in like half a second.
0: We don't let Jeff write the intro (laughs) on discography discussion. There's a reason why
2: Jeff never does the intro on the show,
1: especially this week. I think I've done it
2: twice ever.
1: And anytime I try to do it one seriously, they're like, you're fucking stupid. Like be gross and perverted. Like you normally are. Can I say
2: this off of the top? Did anybody expect a band called aborted to be this fucking good? No A band that starts off like old school Cannibal
0: Corpse And turns into a death metal band Starring Mashed Potato Mouth
2: That's right, he's in full force on this one I think he sounds fucking great And I can't even believe it's the same person on every album Well, he's the only
1: (laughs) He's the only consistent (laughs) member of this
2: Of this revolving door of dudes We're still talking about Mashed Potato Mouth, right? Yes Yeah
1: Who's fantastic, by the
2: way. Who is the lead singer and always will be forever. He's the best mashed potato mouth of all time. (laughs) He makes Chris Barnes sound like fucking Barry Manilow. He's not saying anything. I don't care. But
0: it's entertaining as
2: hell while he's not saying it. Because I read what he was supposed to be saying, and um, I didn't. Well, we'll get into that. Thank God I didn't. Well,
0: before we start letting Dan engineer the dead, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know
2: you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. And we've got a really nice one for you guys to hear tonight. This is from MG Morgan on Apple podcast. He says, I've been listening to this podcast for a long time, and this is my new favorite podcast. Well, thank you very much. I cut my teeth on new metal and missed out on a great deal of early metal Discovered some cool new bands from you guys. It was cool to hear someone else know who living sacrifice is. Every time I bring them up, no other metal heads have a clue who I'm talking about. The misery signals episode was great. I wish more people knew about them as well. Can we please get an every time I die episode, please? Thanks for the great podcast, guys. Sorry for the rambling.
1: Well, I will say this. They don't know living
2: sacrifice. They're not metalheads. I agree 100%. <laughs> and That's
1: my personal opinion because they're fucking awesome.
2: The every time I die episode is happening. I don't know when just yet. I'm going to try not to stretch it out to episode 200, but I'm kind of an asshole like that. It's like the more time somebody asks us to cover a band, I'm like, yeah, that'll be episode 200. We'll try to get it out sometime this year. That's a promise. So we did an episode recently on a band called Thursday, and uh, I posted something on Facebook to the effect of listen to me defend one of my favorite bands against my (laughs) co-hosts. Oh, shit. You're going to read this one. Okay. (laughs) Brian Patton from the As the Story Grows podcast commented, nothing but love for Thursday. To which Jeff responded something along the lines of like, I'm a big doo-doo head and hate everything. (laughs) I did not say Uh, that. To which Brian Patton then responded, it's easily the most emo thing about Thursday, just a dude busting his heart off key. So I guess in a way that was his way of agreeing with you. Oh,
1: that he sounds terrible, but it's still emo?
2: Yes. If you guys like more episodes like that where we cover a band that's not, you know, doesn't sound like fucking aborted, uh, let us know. We'll do more of those. Or we can just keep doing episodes about aborted, uh, which I'd be fine with. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do like a breakdown, we'll talk about one aborted album every single week. We'll go track by track.
1: <laughs> yes. This week and shit starring aborted.
2: <laughs> I think they would appreciate that.
1: I know. That's why I said it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so Dan, tell me about aborted. Aborted is a Belgian death metal band that started sometime in the mid nineties. And I, I know that they named their band Aborted because they thought this will be the first thing that shows up in a CD store in the letter A. Yeah, A, B. They would show up before uh, Ockercock, or Akercock, which is another band we'll talk about at some point. How about Anthrax? It'll come before Anthrax. So, I mean, it was kind of a good strategy, I think. I'm actually so, so having you, a lot of we're trouble.
1: Actually, we're actually going to do an Anthrax episode? Is that what you're trying to say?
2: I mean, you guys are. I'm definitely <laughs> sick that week. But anytime you guys want to talk about something like Aborted, you just let me know. So Aborted's first album, The Purity of Perversion, kind of a hard album to find. That's an understatement. Yeah, I could only find it on YouTube. I couldn't find it on streaming services anywhere. And I wonder, almost wonder if it's because of the cover. I just try to buy the fucker. As it's got a what used to be an attractive blonde woman on the cover that's completely mutilated. Because that was the cool thing to do. Like, You're like, how do we make a visual impact on what our band should be? That's how you do it. You just put a mutilated woman nude well, on you, your you know why she was mutilated, right? Well, yeah, because she listened to Aborted. And then something happened. I'm going to leave that one alone. Okay. We're going to try not to have Jeff bleep too much on this episode, but who knows? Uh, we've definitely got another cannibal corpse on our hands here. We have a band that feels the need to only talk about fucked up shit all the time and 24 seven. That's the name of the game. Musically, the purity of perversion sounds like an old school death metal record for the most part. Actually reminds me a little bit of Carcass's, uh symphonies of sickness, but with much better production. I gotta give them hands down that they sound really good. Like they had some really good studios over there in Belgium and they, they sounded incredible. One of the things I like about Aborted is that they have a very good sense of melody and a good sense of songwriting. And that's not to say that this shit isn't like brutal as all hell, because it is. But this old school death metal sound on the first record is complemented by some of the coolest like bluesy, like bluesy melodic solos, which is something you don't really get. A lot of bands that sound like this are just going to play Cat Strangler solos and that's going to be it. Aborted, on the other hand, is playing shit that like actually makes you feel a little bit like there's it's almost a little bit of motive, and it's not as much as it's going to be later on. But this is a really good debut. Like I've definitely heard way worse from other bands.
1: Yeah, this was probably my least favorite of all their albums. But that's—it's not like it's a piece of shit or something. It, it's a—it's a, it's a good—it's a good intro. It's all right. I would say I'd give it three out of five stars for the first album. So it's good but not great.
0: Well, even Metallica put out "Kill 'Em All," which its only real flaw is that it sounds so drastically different from their other material at the core this is aborted and they are just thrashing forward with their guttural death metal vocals that remind me of old school cannibal corpse i'm happy with it for what it is i don't think he's actually saying anything but it's entertaining to listen to well you don't have to it's
2: old school death metal you don't have to
1: this is one of those that i don't feel bad about reading liner notes you should feel bad after what you told me we wanna actually get through an episode without me being beeped like sixteen times, unlike the cannibal corpse. I can't episode. even read
2: these lyrics or Joe's just gonna beep all of it. But I will tell you that, you know, it's funny that you say that you don't think the album's, you know, a piece of shit. Because speaking of shit, aborted talks about shit a lot. Yeah. <laughs> pretty frequently. So I'm just gonna ask you the listener, that's right, I'm gonna give you homework. I expect it on my desk tomorrow morning. Go ahead and uh, go on darklyrics.com and read the lyrics to track eight, gurgling rotten feces, and uh, get back to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be interested to hear what your interpretations as the listener are of a song like that. But musically, it's a banger. And we're going to say that a lot about Aborted as we go through their discography. They're a relatively new band, but the stuff that they put out, they've got an ear for what death metal listeners really want to hear. And I think they deliver that in spades, especially on their second album, The uh engineering the dead
1: how messed up is it that we say that they're fairly new and they've been around for two decades
2: well we're all old fucks jeff so that's what happens yeah overall this
0: is a very new band their yeah, first I- record came out in 1999 and it sounds like it came out in
2: 1989. yeah the majority of their material sound came out in the 2000s so right
1: no it's just uh most of their peers like joe said have been around for a decade a decade plus longer than a board. It has metal can be a hard genre to get into I- as far as like, w- as a musician, because it's such a, uh, it's kind of pigeonholed, I guess you could say. So there's not a huge listenership as compared to say, like, you know, manufactured pop, because there's a dumb bunch of dumb fucks. That so like Metallica.
2: Draw- Yeah. Okay. I'll take that.
1: But, uh, uh, but I'm glad that they actually got, you know, their foot in the door because this is one of the, uh, the most pleasant if you can call it that, <laughs> uh, week that I had a, a, of a discography it smells like shit in here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not full of it though. I swear to God, that's just the lyrics that were that are just literally resonating stench.
2: Well, I think that Engineering the Dead is an interesting album because it sounds more like aborted than the Purity of Perversion did. And I don't say that that album sounded like a different band, but like it basically was. Yeah, they're
1: starting to find their way. You, that, I would. If you told me that, I wouldn't be. I would be fine with saying that engineering the dead is the the start of our aborted.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this album had way better production and went for the throat a lot more. Whereas I think you know the purity of perversion was just like, well, we listen to a lot of Cannibal Corpse and Six Feet Under albums, so we want to put out something like that. We want more melody in it. Whereas Engineering the Dead, you know, sounds a little bit more like Aborted. And you actually start hearing a little bit of uh, like more of the melodic death metal type riffing on this album, which is not a bad thing at all. And I think it actually enhances the band because Engineering the Dead sounds like an album that came out in the 2000s, whereas the Purity of Perversion, even though it was 1999, sounds like it could have come out anytime between 92 and 97. Yeah, the other thing, too, that starts on Engineering the
1: Dead is it's not uh, all about the guttural vocals. The dude's got like this great ethereal howl, too. It actually kind of reminds me in Spots, uh, even though it's a completely different genre of music. Some of the hi- higher notes that he's hitting remind me of the dude from Cybreed. It just, because it just sounds otherworldly, and it's and it's in, in a good way. And I actually really enjoy the fact that he uh, is doing more than just that deep guttural aspect of it I think it gives a a more of a dynamic feel uh, to the music and it's this was such an easy week to to listen I know some people are probably going they end up essentially being death grade how the fuck can it be easy trust me it's that good that's what makes it easy for all my
0: guitar player junkies out there this is the closest thing to an actual
2: clayman guitar tone I've ever heard and you all know what I'm talking about yeah, but they go through a, they go for the throat on it, and that's what I like about it is they keep it brutal. They keep it intense, and the vocals are a large part of that. And his screams, what I like about him is they kind of ring a little bit more like early metalcore, which is a turnoff for old school death metal fans. I understand that, but you still have the guttural vocals there too. But I feel like his screams really made the band sound more modern overall. And I think Engineering the Dead is a great metal album. It's so hard this early in the discography to be like, wow, yeah, they're already great, but they are, but they are like, there's no doubt about it. They're they're still holding to that death metal aesthetic, especially in the lyrics and the blast beats. Like I think the drumming is still very rooted in old school death metal, but the riffing is starting to kind of expand out a little bit more and be a little bit more in the vein of like more of the melodic death metal stuff while still being very brutal overall, which I think a lot of bands can't really achieve. You either go full Melodic or you go full death grind, and they've somehow captured this perfect mix of the two. I can't think of
1: anybody else off the top of my head that has done that, or at least done it as well, that makes it memorable like these guys have. I think I've, is it safe to say that we might have found a, uh, at least for you and me, Dan, uh, the uh, spiritual successor to our uh, enjoyment of Cannibal Corpse is now gonna be the enjoyment of Aborted. Yeah, I
2: think so. I mean, I don't think they sound like Cannibal
1: Corpse. No, I'm just meaning a, a brutal band that we fucking love to listen to. That's, yeah. that's all I mean.
2: It's definitely the kind of band that, again, you know, not to re- rehash the Cannibal Corpse episode too much, but it's the kind of band that, like, you throw on when somebody that's not into metal's in your car, you know? And it just kind of leaves that impression of, like, oh, my God, I'm in a car with a fucking psychopath, <laughs> you know? With, and
1: With skill and taste. Very much.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean... This is more like more so than Cannibal Corpse. Somebody could listen to this and be like, "I like the drums," or "I like the guitar solos," you know, uh, where you didn't really get that with Cannibal Corpse too much, especially in the early days. Right. Um, as far as your lyrical homework goes, definitely go and listen to, or go and read the lyrics to "Sphinctral Enthrallment.
0: Listen to it also. <laughs> and Don't you're gonna, just read it. Yeah, and you're gonna, <laughs> and you're,
2: you're gonna find out that. Aborted has this kind of recurring thing about shit. The dude talks about like eating his own feces, shoving feces up his ass and holding them in there. And like talking about how like the surgeons will split you open and there's going to be shit all over your insides. And I don't know if this is like, let's just be super brutal or if it's like this guy actually gets turned on by shit, I don't know which one it is, Ugh. and I don't, I don't care to know. Yeah, I don't want to know either. I was gonna say at one
1: point, you know, this would be me if I was writing lyrics. I'm like, no, this is this guy even takes it further than I would. I mean, I like a good poop and fart joke probably more than anybody else on the face of the earth. Yeah, this is beyond that. This is this guy like shits in his hand and then use it as lubrication so he can jerk off.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, that's seriously he, he what this much, guy does. He pretty much says this much. Yeah. And that's just like, Nope, I'm good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's different, but like those guitar solos though, right? Yes. Like and those go to vocals, I'm taking the, I'm taking the Jeff approach right now where I'm like, I don't want to know what he's saying because it's going to fucking hamper the enjoyment <laughs> of what I'm hearing. And this album sounds a little bit more like, so if I said that, uh, Uh, the Purity of Perversion sounded like uh, Symphonies of Sickness by Carcass. This album sounds more like Necrotism by Carcass. You know, so it's a little bit more intelligent. It's a little bit better produced and the overall song structure is, is better without necessarily taking away from how good the first album was. And another thing I'd like to mention too is this band's extensive use of sound clips. Yes, and they use them well. They use them really well. They don't use them so much that you're like, oh my god, every song has to have a fucking clip in it. But it's really great that they have them and they add a lot to it. It's a lot of shit from like horror movies and even some stuff I noticed is from like public domain, like medical videos. It's really cool and definitely enhances the the overall feel of the albums. 2003,
0: Gormageddon.
2: The Saw and the Carnage Done. Yes. Literally a perfect album. You think so? I think so. I would
0: argue you'd have to be able to understand what he's saying for it to be perfect, but... How about some
1: perfect drums on this, Joe? Oh my god, Jeff, why don't you tell us who played <laughs> drums on this album? I don't know. Just maybe... Uh, some they, guy? Yeah, the greatest drummer ever. That's all. Chad Ken? Gene Hoagland? Nope. Two strikes. Morgan Rose? if nope, you're out. <laughs> I'm gonna say this just for him. Rob Rivera. Close, but no cigar. It's a skinny Belgian dude lives in Cleveland. Dirk Dirk Rebuen. If I can say his name, a skinny Belgian guy who lives in Cleveland. Uh, You were hit by pitch. You mean Dirk Dirk from Megadeth? (laughs) Yes. Dirk from Soilwork? Yes. Wow. Dirk from Scarve. So that's why there's like blast beats all over the fucking places. Did he tour with
2: the band or or did he just record the album? No, he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty
1: sure he toured. Did you almost say turd? Yes. I almost said he turned it's with topical. The okay. Cause he also, uh, not only did he do this, but at the, around the same time, he actually recorded two EPs with him as well. Okay. So I, he was with the band for like three years.
2: Gormageddon is one of the most brutal albums out there that you could really get, that you could really digest. As I said about some early Sepultura albums, it's like being fucked by riffs
1: in this zone. Al- oh God. The fucking guitar. Tone oh my is God, sick. dude. It's fucking bone crushing.
0: The only thing I wanted from Engineering the Dead was
2: turn the vocals up a little bit. This one almost turned it up too much. Way too much. And I'm fine with it. Yes, it's good. This album is like full blast as Jeff mentioned. But oh my god, does it have that melodic sensibility that I was talking about. The guitar solos alone are worth the price of admission on this album. They're not so going to talk about the fucking Dirk blasts, but you know, they're everywhere too. This album is what you expect death metal to sound like, because a lot of the times you get a death metal album, like a, like a band like cannibal Corpse will put out an album that sounds similar to this, but it's just one sound from beginning to end. This goes all over the place. The sequencing is really good on the album and they slow it down when they need to slow it down. They go melodic when they need to go melodic. And again, the guitar solos are so fucking good that it just keeps me interested throughout. This was. As I was listening to the discography, this was contender for my favorite album, and it wasn't until five or six albums later that I was willing to give it up to another album that has a very similar title.
1: Yeah, it, you're right. I was the same way. I think this is actually number three for me. Really? Yep. But I mean, it's a perfect album, Jeff. That <laughs> just tells you how fucking good it gets later in the discography, because I'm with you. It, it got me... We're on album four and it was until we got closer to double digits that I really, there might have actually been in the double digits that I was like, okay, this is, this is better. Unbelievably. It's better, but holy cow. I mean, it, yeah, th- it's hard. Is, to, th- this is still a fantastic al- album. This is a five out of five. For me. It,
2: it's hard to talk about a band like this. I mean, the vocals are so sick. You know, he does a good mixture of the, the guttural death and the, the higher pitch shrieks. And this was still pure death metal though. And I think that's the biggest thing for the old school death metal heads that like hate modern aborted is that this was like Gormageddon, engineering, the dead, uh, the archaic Abator. I don't know how to pronounce some of these names, but uh, yeah, uh, slaughter and and apparatus, (laughs) you know, like those albums were also like more pure death metal, but like they stuck to their death metal aesthetic here. Whereas when you get later on in their discography, you start to wonder is this, is this death core or is it death metal, but here they were still firmly rooted in death metal. And that's what I liked so much about it. Uh, what was cool is the version of, uh, the version of Gormageddon that I have has an excellent, excellent, excellent cover of carnal forge by carcass on it.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, which is like my all
2: time favorite carcass song.
1: Yeah. It's really, really good. Oh my God. If you're, if you're on a streaming service, uh, it's out there. You, it's going to be like if you're uh, one of
2: those OGs that have the original CD or hell, even vinyl, if you're over in Europe. If you want to hear us talk more about Carcass, we did an episode on Carcass last year with Scott Mellinger of Zaya. You should check that out. Did you just fucking say OG in my house?
1: Yep. Get out of my studio. <laughs> oh, you're going to love my album of the week. You're definitely going to kick me out after that.
0: Are you ready for the old slaughterhouse? Oh, man, I'm ready. 2003, the Archaic Abattoir.
1: 2005.
0: What did I say? Three. I'm blind. What do you want from me?
1: Uh, that's why I'm helping you out here, buddy.
2: Thank he you, He is, Jeff. in fact, blind. You can look it up. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, this was a great album, too. Um I don't love it. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say probably the same thing about this album that I say about the next album. These are really great. Uh, they're extremely heavy, extremely brutal. They they basically did Gormageddon part two and did it really well.
1: Yeah. As I was gonna say, it's not a bad thing, but it's definitely it's more of the same. And with as prolific as these guys are, it's okay because there's plenty of other albums that uh, switch it up enough, but I'm fine with more of the same
2: because Gormageddon was great. It's the Slayer effect. It's like, dude, I really liked what you guys did on rain and blood. Do it again. Okay. Now granted Slayer was all like, no, South of heaven. Fuck you. But aborted was like, dude, I appreciate that you pay my bills. Yes. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and listen to what you have to say on this. Yeah. And, this, uh,
1: this is when uh Dirk left the band. This is when he went and joined uh soil work if I'm not mistaken.
2: Oh well, that band sounds like fucking pop music compared to this, because <laughs> it pretty much is compared to this. So good though, soil work is so good. If you yes. want to hear us talk about more about soil work, you can check out our soil work episode that we did. Yeah, we need to do a scarf episode, yeah, that's some crazy shit. We did a scar symmetry episode. Yeah, Scarve. We've talked about a lot of bands, and yes. uh, that's one of the that's one of my favorite things about these podcasts is seeing the the connections between bands we've already covered versus the band we're covering this week. But yeah, the the archaic Arbitoire... You almost got it, dude. ...is a fantastic record. If you like Gormageddon, you're going to like it. It's going to sound very similar. Not a lot of progression here, but I'm kind of okay with it. I'm okay with listening to the Gormageddon sound for two more albums. I
0: think if you're a fan of this music, you have no problem with this album sounding exactly the same as the previous
1: I do like the, uh, there's a couple of songs on here where they use the layered vocals. Yeah. And I really, I actually, I really do dig that. That's one of the things that um, I did want to point out on this album.
2: He's just so fucking aggressive, man. And that's one thing I love about his vocals is that like, he is so on point. Like a lot of bands that sound like this, you notice the vocals take kind of a break because like maybe he's tired of touring and screaming like that all the time. But like, I'm convinced that this dude just sounds like this, like he pulls up to McDonald's and is all like, "I would like a brick, you know, like, it's just, <laughs> you know, make sure it's an McMuffin, no cheese, you know? Yeah. The dude's not
1: fucking around. There's no no, no question about it that he, he's consistently been doing what they have 11, 11 albums out and 10 albums, 10 albums and like countless EPs. Yeah. So he's been doing it for a minute. Yeah. It's not. It, so he he's constantly doing it. That's the impressive thing. It's like you said, you know, it's not like, okay, yeah, I got to take uh, the next five years off because I just fucking killed myself on that tour. So I'm going to go do my uh, pop side project. Yeah. See you guys. No, it's just like, he's, he's in the groove. He's in the pocket the whole fucking time. And it's just enjoyable to listen to. Well,
2: and that's what I like about this album is it's like, these guys just love death metal and how many bands like this start off death metal, and then a few years later they're like, "Well, we're not really into death metal so much anymore." Oh, Beth. but like you know, these guys, these guys love what they well, do. Not death, originally, though. yeah, but they but they love what they do, Would and they- that's what I can appreciate about them the most is that they love what they do, and they do it with such a precision, with such like a, a, a fine tooth comb. They know what death metal fans want to hear, and they deliver it every time.
1: Would it be fair to say if this band was from the United States or Canada instead of Belgium, would we think that this is better than Cannibal Corpse as
2: a common opinion? I do think it's better than Cannibal Corpse. Well, I,
1: I do too. But do we think that that's what's holding it back? Like everybody's like, uh, no, you know, I, I don't, don't know think who they so. Are.
0: Cannibal Corpse has been out for 10 years longer than this band has. It's the reason why Metallica is considered to be one of the greatest metal bands of all time, and in many people's eyes, they are the greatest, even though what they're doing is not new or innovative at all. It's another version of the same thing they've been doing for roughly 25 years.
2: Well, I'm going to agree with Jeff here because I think that this is more accessible than Cannibal Corpse. You can pick the wrong Cannibal Corpse album to get into. If the first Cannibal Corpse album you hear is uh gore Obsessed, or, um, you know, even like something like Evisceration Plague, which I loved. But um, you could go away thinking the band's not what they are or that they can't do what they're capable of. They can. I'm not like downplaying Cannibal Corpse or their influence. Bands like Aborted wouldn't exist without bands like Cannibal Corpse. I think this is more accessible overall because the band is willing to venture into more of like metalcore territory and they have a sense of melody to their playing that I think attracts the overall metalcore fan or the overall metal fan. And I think that you can't really say that like, oh, this band's not legit or they're not heavy or whatever. So they keep the fanboys happy, but have accessible enough of a sound for anybody to come in and be like, okay. This is great. And I think on any of the albums. Yeah. I Even on purity of perversion. Yeah. I think
1: part of the reason I bring that up, I think these guys are criminally overlooked. That That's just a personal opinion. I think that this should, if you're a metalhead, you need to have aborted in your catalog. I, I mean, it's as simple as that. These guys are the standard bearers of, you know, death metal, death grind, death core, uh, because they pl- they've played all three and they are at the top of their game uh, on it. pretty much everything they've done. The purity of, of perversion is the only thing that I would say that uh, it was good and not great. How many fucking times can you say nine out of ten albums are great in a discography?
2: Not very many times. Have. We've done a lot of discographies.
1: Yeah, and I am very, very, very comfortable in saying that nine out of the ten albums are great. And the other one's good. That's the fucked up thing. I mean... Yeah, it's only I only I said I gave you three out of five stars, but shit for a first album, your first go around, without uh, a ton of support, that's you know just trying to claw your way into the the genre. That's a pretty good start. We've covered much worse you know intros in, into metal than that. So I'm I'm a huge fan. I, I'm a I'm a straight up fanboy. I'll tell you that right now, and everybody else should be. If you're a metalhead. You should be an aborted fanboy minus the lyrics. 2007. Slaughter and Apparatus. Do you guys like the last
2: two albums? Yeah, let's get some more of the same. Yep, that's what this is. More of the same. And, and I'm this fine might with it. this might be the point where people are like, oh, "Are you guys innovative at all?" But again, it's a little different with a band like this because like when a band's all brutal like Slayer or like Cannibal Corpse, it gets a little monotonous. But why are we why are we here for aborted. We're here because they play really interesting shit quite literally. So it's like, am I really that upset that you're playing more interesting shit? Nope. I'm not at all. And again, they love shit. I can't, you know, it's
0: <laughs> not going to let that
2: one I go. I can't are stop ya? mentioning <laughs> that, you know? Um, but yeah, slaughter and apparatus was a fucking great record. Uh, it sounded not as good. I, I would say it's like a facsimile of a facsimile. I'm not going to say that it's as good as Gormageddon. Because it's not. It's not, but it is still keeping the fans happy. And I had no problem listening to this. I enjoyed it. Um, in case anybody didn't know, uh, this week's episode was really my first exposure to Aborted. And uh, I, I picked them to talk about because they had 10 albums out and I was kind of fi- trying to figure out what I was missing. So I was like, yeah, let's do Aborted. And I, I can't be any happier with my decision.
1: Yeah. I've actually uh Terror Vision, I've listened to quite a bit but I have to admit uh I've been pretty light on the rest of the discography and man what a disservice I've done to myself that I hadn't picked it up earlier because uh fucking awesome.
2: Well, we'll get to that in about Right, uh, I know, but I'm just 11 saying, years.
1: Right, but you know you were just saying that you know this was really your first introduction Terrorvision was I was for me and that's only just two years ago that that came out I think or is that two years ago one year I can't remember one year ago okay so that's whenever uh, that's the one thing I do like about Spotify is it actually gives me a a new release list uh, if you go to to search and you do discovery you can go to to metal and new releases and it actually gives you legitimate metal new releases. So shit like a like a board it shows up on there. It's not like, oh look, it's metal and they show you Nickelback. It's not shit like that. It is, they mean business. And I'm like, okay, I can handle this. So if you if you're somebody who subscribes to Spotify, it's an excellent excellent way to find new music. And that's
2: actually how I found Terrorvision. That's weird. I didn't know that Spotify was uh, paying a sponsorship money. <laughs>
1: no, they're not. But I'm just saying that if you are like me and you like to discover new music, you know, because I used to back in the day, the only way to really discover it uh, was, you know, make a channel on Pandora and, you know, use their algorithm algorithms to get you similar music, but it wasn't necessarily new music. It was just new to your ears. The thing with that they do is they actually give you the list of the uh, of what the actual new releases are uh over like the last five months. Well you hear that Spotify
2: make all checks payable to Daniel Terry. (laughs) Fuck you man, make uh, them to me. (laughs) uh, Slaughter and Apparatus, a methodical overture is a fantastic album. If you're just getting into the band, uh it's definitely one that you should check out. Um you're gonna if you if you start with that album and move backwards, you're gonna find more of the same uh, for about three albums. And that's totally okay. As long as you enjoyed what you heard on this record. Yeah. And
1: it does get better because Guamageddon yeah. really, really good. That's kind of the, uh, it's the shining example of quote unquote early aborted.
2: And I would say that Slaughter and Apparatus is kind of the end of the purely death metal era of aborted. Oh,
1: wholeheartedly agree. Cause it, we're about ready to change it up big time here.
2: Yeah, so just 1 year later in 2008 they put out an album called Strict 9213. And this one definitely threw me for a loop because there were a couple of minutes where I was like am I listening to the same band? This record's almost completely melodic death metal. Like yeah. I hear a lot of I hear a lot of shit like In Flames on here, or Dark Tranquillity or At the Gates or name another melodic death metal band. I also got a little bit of uh, Slipknot vibe on this album too. Yeah. They were definitely going more for the mainstream on this album. And I think it was successful. I fucking love the intro to this album. It was just melodic riffs thrown down with a creepy fucking voice talking over it. And the sound clips are still in full effect. It's still aborted in those aspects, but musically, they definitely have more of that Gothenburg sound to them. Like there were definitely parts where I was like, Should I start singing like in flames choruses Like (laughs) the memory remains alone, reality trapped inside. You know, I was like, but that's one thing that I love about aborted. This is going to be my most meat headed statement of the year. No fucking clean vocals. You know, what's funny. I would have been out if they would have thrown some fucking cleans down on this record. Really? Yeah.
1: What's interesting for me is... What would my opinion of a had been two and a half years ago,
2: whenever we first started? It doesn't sound like fucking Tesseract. So fuck it. Check out our Tesseract episode.
1: Yep. Pretty much. That's uh, would have been it. I'm like, where's the, where's my dynamics? Where's my clean singing and you know, my harsh vocals. I want both.
0: This one time I was listening to Pesh mode and it
1: kind of sounded like this. <laughs>
2: I, I definitely take personal responsibility for getting Jeff reacclimated with Death Grind.
1: I, and I love it. I mean, it, it's, it's wild on, like, I try to explain to somebody, like, I was going somewhere with my kids for scouts, and I was driving, so I got to be dashboard DJ
2: a little bit. Hey, kids, you want to hear aborted? That's what could have almost happened to you.
1: Oh, that's what I fucking put on, man.
2: <laughs> I'm serious. I feel terrible. One of my kids is, like, 10 feet away from me.
1: I put, I put retro gore on. That's <laughs> what I put on. Nice. And uh, the mom, there was actually a mom in the car with me. And she's like, you like this? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I like Ghost. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> well, Jeff has
0: successfully failed. This I know what neat. I said at talking about these albums in any sort of order.
1: I know. I suck. But yeah, no. This, yeah, you do. Especially if it's... Uh, Covered in shit.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay, so strict Two One Three is definitely their like quote unquote sellout album, but it's a stupid thing to say because if you listen to this, most people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is this? Why? like, wh- why doesn't he sing?" Uh, but I can understand how this was a good introduction to the band to people that were into metalcore or into deathcore. It's a modernization of the aborted sound that had to happen in order for us to get albums like terror vision or retro gore, you know, and it it was kind of a growing pain. This definitely isn't my favorite aborted album because I kind of like them to be all brutal all the time, but I I definitely appreciated what they did here. Uh, to make another comparison to cannibal corpse, this is like their gallery of suicide. suicide.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
2: You know, the album that, that they wanted to be like, look, we can fucking stretch our legs here See, and, we can play e- something a little different.
1: Yeah. This is them saying, see, we can play easy listening music too. I thought you were going re- to say emo. You ready to get in that elevator and relax? Here we go. To
2: some fucking aborted? <laughs> what kind of awesome elevator company plays aborted in there? <laughs> you know. Welcome to Dan Terry's elevator. Yeah. Once we become once we become the biggest podcast in the world, our fucking tower in New York will uh, play aborted in the elevators, you know?
1: Yeah, our studios is like 20 stories under the ground.
2: Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I didn't say it was an elevator going up. Uh, Yeah, you know, you get past floor 666 and it just becomes hell after that. But uh, no, this album I thought was cool, though, because I, I liked hearing the different directions that they could go in. But I don't necessarily think all of the directions they went in on this album work for aborted. But I think they had to find out. Yeah, and I'm glad that they tried it. They had to see where the line was. And for me, the only line really was clean vocals. As long as they didn't have cleans on here, I was like, okay, I'm still listening to a fucking badass death metal band.
1: You know, it'd be funny as if he'd actually like if he was on the podcast, he'd be going the guys, this is my clean vocals. <laughs> that's what I sound like when I sing.
2: Anything that's <laughs> not the guttural <laughs> grunt is the clean vocals. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. But you know, it's funny. That's the dynamic that I like now. I don't necessarily have to have the dynamic of the clean singing, but I can't have the straight gutturals on, on some of this stuff. And
2: that's sure. And that's why you hate Chris Barnes.
1: Right. And I think it's part of the reason why I really, really enjoy aborted is that, you know, his, his, his shrieks and stuff like that work really well with the guttural vocals, you know, the death growls, you know, it all works really well together. And it's like, they have a brain. They actually think about how they're going to seek like with like, Dan said earlier, how they sequence everything and how they put the album together. And that's part of what uh, I've actually really enjoyed. It's not just a bunch of shit slopped together uh, and then let's say, okay, let's try to figure out how let's go from point A to point B. No, it's like, no, we we actually have song structure and we're thinking about it and we're going to make this work and it's going to sound good. It's going to be brutal as all fuck still, but it's going to sound good. 2012. Global
2: Flatline. This was the band being like Hey guys Everyone died You remember when we were like The most brutal fucking band ever We still are (laughs) You guys want us to be even more brutal
0: In the aftermath There were no survivors
2: Yeah I mean I mean Global Flatline says it all This is where they cherry picked What they liked off of what they did On the last album So Global Flatline Takes some deathcore And some metalcore And it mixes it with that Gormageddon death metal sound and it's like the perfect fucking sandwich if your name's Dan Terry. I loved Global Flatline. And I know it sucks because it's like Deathcore or whatever, but fuck those people that, that are gonna hate it just for being having some breakdowns on it. I don't even care about that at all. I think this was a hundred percent necessary for the band to be modern. It's a twenty twelve release, so of course it's fucking Deathcore. But it's not really. Like there comes a certain point where, like, a band like this plays breakdowns, and you can say, like, oh, are they deathcore now? Where do you think the fucking death comes from in deathcore? Death metal. So it shouldn't be that big of a surprise that a band that put out an album like Gormageddon is going to put out an album like Global Flatline. Yeah, sure. They borrowed some breakdowns from metalcore. I don't give a fuck. This is brutal as all hell, and I
1: love it. Doesn't say just because you have breakdowns doesn't mean you're your metal core or your death core. It
2: does if you're an elitist asshole, which I am. I know um, a guy.
1: <laughs> well, in my opinion, it doesn't. It's just fucking brutal metal that I enjoy. That's all I care about. I really don't have a lot to say about it. It's
0: more of that good thing that I want to listen to for thirty to forty five minutes.
2: Yeah. I got nothing to say. I mean I think it's is this is it? I guess this is not the one that you were talking about. That's like your shit. No, that's gonna come later. But uh, Global Flatline was definitely a step in the right direction. Okay, and I, I just agree. loved how brutal the band went after uh, after 9 because 9 was kind of a more melodic record. Which it's not that I don't love the mo- melody in Aborted, but I do also like the brutality. I'm kind of in this mix of like I want it to sound like Cannibal Corpse, but I also want to hear some like really Banging guitar solos, which unfortunately Cannibal Corpse doesn't always deliver. Right. Although now that they have Eric from uh, Hate Eternal, yes, in the band, we might get something like that. You, you know? and
1: your Hate Eternal T-shirt, right? Yeah, now, I would which have actually. Sweet,
2: by the way. I would have actually. Um, I would have actually said Pat O'Brien in place of that because <laughs> Pat O'Brien's a fucking great guitar player. Yes, he is. but he's, know? Little... Hey, he's having some problems right now, and hopefully, gets better. You but, know, the uh, cool
1: thing is, is they're supporting throughout it that. Yeah, That's family. I mean, it, one of the things that I enjoy about the metal community in general, whenever somebody's not, except when they're being elitist metal
2: assholes. I don't know, man. I posted some pretty brutal memes.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we, as fans of metal, we all, we all love it. There's a,
2: obviously I want to see Pat O'Brien go get better and go back to cannibal. You know, like obviously that's what I want.
1: Right. I'm just saying that it's in, the camaraderie is part of what I enjoy about the metal community. You know, even if you don't like us, you tolerate us, you know, one of right. those kind of things. You appreciate what we do, even if it's not your jam, because there's plenty
2: of metal out there. But global flatline is an album that needed to happen uh, after strict dying because they needed to reestablish their brutality cred. And the weird thing about aborted is that they, it says on like all of their, their socials that they're a brutal death metal band. And I couldn't disagree with that more because like, to me, a brutal death metal band sounds like suffocation or something like that, where it's just like all go for the throat all the time with like vocals that are basically just gurgled. Um, and maybe I'm just confusing that with like slam death metal. But like for me, I don't consider aborted to be a brutal death metal band necessarily. I think they are brutal, but I think they are all equally like accessible. And their songwriting is so off the charts in that I think if you're not even like a hardcore metal fan, you can still appreciate what they're throwing down. I think the word that you're looking for is dynamic. They are so dynamic. That used to be my favorite word on this podcast.
1: (laughs) That is, that's kind of like the, uh, what seals the deal for me. If you're brutal all the time, you're no longer brutal, if that makes any sense. Because it's just more of the same. You kind of have to, Go in waves a little bit. You got to have, otherwise it's not brutal. You, you got to have the the ebbs and flows. Uh, to uh, steal a, <laughs> a favorite line from my uh, contortionist episode, that's to me is really important. That's the reason. It's the same thing with like a scary movie. Something that's just a gore fest in a scary movie is just. It's a Gorefest. When we gotta talk
2: about Gore Fest. (laughs) We gotta get to all these bands, man. This podcast isn't going anywhere for like ten years. Yeah, we need to talk about the Necrotic Manifesto first. Yeah, we do. Okay. Now we're starting to get into the modern the modern feel. Oh yeah, this is modern as fuck. It's like equal parts deathcore, metalcore, and death metal. And in case you if you haven't been listening to this podcast, if this is your first episode, you might be shocked to find that I really like metalcore. (laughs) <laughs> and I really like deathcore, and I really like death metal.
1: So this so is like
2: this is like a fucking
1: having your cake and eat it too. That's like a hot. Is.
2: It's like a hot pocket, but like the good kind—the kind that gets cooked in an oven, not the kind that gets cooked in a microwave.
1: So calzone? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I
2: don't know. <laughs> I mean, goddamn, the nec the nec- <laughs> the necrotic manifesto is even better than global flatline. Which is a little bit more hardcore, a little bit less death metal. This is a little bit more death metal, a little bit less hardcore. And I'm totally okay with it. I, I love the Vogel delivery. I think he is fucking off the charts now. Yeah, it's It's in- completely it's inhuman.
1: Completely inhuman. It sounds like he's more animal than he is human.
2: But like even on this record, they play Gothenburg riffs, but they play them fucking brutal. And like that just blows my mind because I'm like, God, you know, Gothenburg riffs are supposed to make me want to go listen to emo. But not here. It's definitely more of the at the gate style Gothenburg riffing than, than like the in flames, which I'm fine with
1: it, This is, this is another five out of five shit. I think we've been five out of five since engineering <laughs> the dead. I mean, this is,
2: well, yeah, I mean, they're kicking, they're kicking ass in the sense that like people that are fans of modern metal listen to them. But like, I think old school death metal fans are still on board. I could be wrong about that. I mean, you know, old school death metal fan, you know, make sure to send me an email and tell me how fucking wrong I am. Cause it's never stopped you before (laughs) don't worry.
1: We will tell you that you are wrong and you're just an old curmudgeonly piece of shit that has no vision.
2: Well, Hey, that's what you guys say about me every single week, (laughs) but I like this. I like this modern aborted sound. It's insane. I think they sound really good here and like they're at the top of their game. I mean, this is the most modern, at least up to this point. Sounding aborted album, and like you, you pull up a band called Aborted, and you listen to their stuff. You're expecting it to sound like Six Feet Under, and thank God it doesn't. Yeah, and so like Necrotic Manifesto is an incredible record, and something I haven't mentioned really. These records aren't short.
1: No, they're like 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, so
2: it's not like I'm enjoying like some short snippet of greatness, or that like there's songs that I would skip. I don't. I didn't skip anything on here, and I really, I love love, love, love the guitar playing. And what's interesting too, is that the soloing is so consistent throughout their career, even though it's been like what six different guys. Yeah.
1: The revolving door aspect of the band, I think is uh, in one of the few instances, this might actually help the band because it's like, they're literally having to reinvent themselves and proving themselves over and over again, because well, (laughs) It's new guys having to do that. Well, the modernization,
2: I think, is the biggest deal. Like, you kind of have to have young blood in there in order to tell you what's cool now. It's not cool to play shit like, you know, The Purity of Perversion in 2014. What do kids want to hear? They want to hear breakdowns. They want to fucking dance when they go to shows. You can do that to these albums.
1: It's a multinational band now. It's not a Belgian band anymore. And I think that's actually helpful whenever you're having new perspectives and it changes it does change the sound like like you said having that new blood in there helps a ton and it's not just by age
2: sometimes it's it's by uh geography as well not as much about shit on this album too i enjoyed that aspect of it okay I couldn't tell. Seems like that was like the first four albums or so, and <laughs> that was it. So now they talk about piss too? Now they that... talk, no, they just they talk about like horrible fucking things. yeah. Okay. Because like I listened to their stuff, you know, or I read their lyrics over time, and I thought like the first three or four albums are pretty immature overall. But like once you get to like album five, six, seven, he's talking about the same immature perverted shit, but like much more intelligently. Like he's using better words. Like he's got a fucking thesaurus out when he's writing these lyrics. But uh, can we can we can we move on to my yes. favorite? Yes. 2016 retro gore. Damn. This, I don't know what's retro about it, but this album is my shit. It's amazing. It's not retro. It's fucking modern as all get out. And I'm okay with that. Uh, this record is the perfect combination of what we got on Gormageddon. With their more modern sound and production quality But this band could do no fucking wrong Like it's hard to even talk about these Like we're talking about 10 albums And this episode's only going to be like what an hour Something like that And like because it's all good There's not anything for us to get into a debate about There's not anything
1: Yeah it's not like Thursday where I'm going to like Bitch and complain and you know whine Like the vocals Well we're
2: like We've said it a hundred times If me and Jeff agree on something it must be true and that, that's how I feel about retro gore in that it is a super modern sounding death metal album that will keep old school death metal fans on board. But people that are fans of metalcore, deathcore or, you know, whatever core are going to be totally on board with this and I'm totally fine with it. I love it. It's a tie. It's so
1: hard for me to choose. This is definitely at least if it's not my favorite. If it's not number one, it's like 1A or 1B.
0: I don't think this is a band you need to make a choice about. If it's all good, it doesn't matter what album you're listening to.
1: No, but this album is something special. Why is this
0: one better than anything else? What is this album doing that
2: Gormageddon was not? Well, it's got more modern elements than Gormageddon. I think if you're going to enjoy something like Gormageddon, you have to be an established death metal fan already. Whereas on retro gore... If you're a fan of metalcore, you might dig it. If you're a fan of deathcore, you might dig it. If you're a fan of a lot of death metal, you might dig it. Gormageddon is an album that you kind of have to be pretty firmly rooted in, like your carcass and Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that to really get behind what they're doing. So I would say the the only difference is that like it definitely throws back to the Gormageddon sound, but does it in a much more modern way. And I think that's why it's so cleverly uh, titled Retro gore,
1: in it's that it's going it's, back uh, to it's Gormageddon like,
2: Um, there's a game I played recently on Steam called uh, Far Cry Three: Blood Dragon, which was a a uh, game that did its best to convince you that it was a movie, an action movie taking place in the 80s. Okay. And as cool as that was, it still wasn't that I was actually watching an action movie from the 80s. But it was still extremely enjoyable, and that's how I feel about retro gore. In that, like. It evokes that same feeling that we had when we're listening to Gormageddon, but is modernized to the point where new fans can still check it out. So
0: retro gore is the Expendables. Absolutely. Gormageddon is the classic 80s action, blow up everything on the screen movie that you watch knowing fully well it's over the top and ridiculous. Right. Gormageddon is like
2: Delta Force. That's a fantastic and, analogy. Yeah, and RetroGore is like The Expendables. Because yeah. we
0: were all looking forward to The Expendables because it was an actual movie with actual things occurring on screen that were being filmed by a camera instead of designed on someone's computer. Well, what I liked about
2: RetroGore, though, was that with modern throwbacks, there's a lot more fan service that goes into it. Which at times can actually make the experience more enjoyable than the original experience, because the original experience was just thrown out there and was like, "This is what it is." Whereas with something like Retro Gore, there's more attention paid to like, "What did you guys like about Gormageddon? We're gonna go ahead and expand on that in a whole lot of different ways." That retro or that Gormageddon was just like, "Well, here's the album. Here it is." And it's like I said, it's a perfect album, but I think Retrocore is even better because it's a celebration of that album. Well, yeah.
1: Fan service. The reason why it's called fan service is because you're hitting the pleasure center
2: of the brain. It's Dan service in this case. Well,
1: yeah, but that's what I'm trying to get at is that you've already stabbed. It's already been established that you like something. Okay. And then that's why fan service can be so important. If it's done correctly, you're hearkening back to good feelings. And it makes you remember and it makes you enjoy it even more. Uh, and that's the reason why, you know, some some people like me loved Rogue One for Star Wars, for example. There was a ton of fan service in that movie that made me feel good and enjoy that movie even more because I had this new something new and something old, you know, all in one package. And that's part of the reason that I think Retro Gore uh, just hits that sweet spot. Because it's it's you're getting two things, new good music, but it also harkens back to something that you've already enjoyed,
2: and that's what makes it so great. That is a more eloquent version of what I was trying to say. Is it time? It is time. 2018. Jeff,
0: say it for
1: me. Terrorvision. Or Terrorvision, whatever you'd like.
0: Hail Videodrome. Long live the new flesh.
1: Dude, this shit is sick. Sick, sick, sick. I'm a little annoyed. Why?
0: Listening to this album because I started to notice how much of their discography had the same tricks. Most of these albums, especially the most recent five, all have the one minute fade in that the rest of the album does not go back to. And fade ins are annoying to me when they're out of place and they don't make sense. I do expect your album to start with one minute of completely unrelated
2: noise. Most of their albums do.
0: But what I really want is just give me track two. I talked about Pistol Whipped having a minute and a half of just noise and then an actual song. This album could have just started with Terrorvision. That's the second real complaint I can have about the band because overall I'm enjoying every minute
2: of it. That's a good sign if that's the only complaint you have. Most of their albums sound like that. They start with like a, usually though they they wrap it into one song. It was weird on Terrorvision how it was just its own track.
1: I don't I don't mind it. It's kind of like the calm before the storm. It set it sets it up, and I'm 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 fine with it. I and I think that was the uh, tactic that they were going for was to try to to you know the prelude was to set it up, get you lulled into a sense of security and then just beat your fucking teeth in, when Terrorvision hits. But I don't need help with that. The time
0: spent before TerraVision, where I've pressed play and I'm waiting for the song to start, is all the tension I need. And if this is on vinyl, there's a 10 or 15 second needle drop before TerraVision. I don't need the lead in. I don't think anybody really does. And it's a trope that I look
2: forward to ending in modern death metal. I don't mind it. Modern death metal is the best way to describe this album. It's got everything that we love. It's got brutal death metal. It's got melodic death metal. It's got metal core. It's got death core. Yeah. Death core. I like those breakdowns. Everybody that has a problem with it could fuck right off. I love the way it sounds. These guys are masters and terror vision was the perfect way to end off this discography. It's not very often that I listen to 10 albums by a band in a row that I'm like, oh my God, these are all good. And they all had kind of unique reasons why they were all good. This record just fucking puts it all together in a perfect package. If the band disappeared overnight, we would remember them as a classic band.
1: Yeah. This is my, my one B or my number one, this in retro gore. I mean, talk about ending strong on a discography. Holy shit. This is not what we're used to. We're so used to bands getting contrived or petering out or just getting bored. And that is not the case with the boarded. The further we've gotten into it, the more I've enjoyed it. And that's, that's a rarity in discographies. The fun thing that I did on this time around, I listened to everything backwards. I didn't randomize it. And uh, I kept going after I listened to the, to the 10 albums, I went back and listened to Retrogar and Terravision again. And it was just like, good God, this is just fantastic one of, if not the easiest discography that I've gone through and it was brutal as fuck the whole time. That's
2: amazing. Really easier than my ticket home. That was a joke, right? No, I mean, I'm serious. That was a really easy one for me. Oh no, this is, this was the easiest one for me. When I mean, this was my shit. I was so excited when I heard the first record by this band. I was like, literally like, Oh my God, this is going to be okay. That's my final thought. By the way, this is all great. When I first heard it, I was like, this is going to be fine. I'm going to enjoy myself. We're going to have a positive episode. This is going to be sugar and rainbows and shit and feces. And that's fine. Jeff, what about you? <laughs> sugar, rainbow
1: and feces. Damn. And I'm supposed to follow that up. <laughs> Good luck, fucker. Fucking loved it, man. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I wish that more people would take a page out of Aborted's book and uh, take elements from other genres and kind of mold it into their own style Uh, because I I don't like the whole pigeonhole aspect of bands and I don't mind them taking multiple elements and then making it their own. And I think they do a really good job at it. The further they've gotten into it, the the better they've gotten at, at doing so. And I think that's part of the mark of a good band is, you know hearing other elements from different styles of music, or in this case, just different styles of metal and incorporating it into your sound uh, and making it your own. And I think that Aborted has done that uh, in spades. Have you ever taken a box of Lucky Charms and asked yourself,
0: what would happen if I took out all the marshmallows, put them in a bowl, poured the milk on, and just ate the
2: marshmallows? Yeah, i have inflamed Siren Charms. (laughs) That's what
0: that cereal's called. I think that Aborted is that for death metal fans. It is exactly what it is. There is nothing special about it. But if you like death metal, you're going to get that. A lot of it. Ten albums worth up to this point, And you're going to be hard-pressed to find anything that you don't like when you're listening to Aborted. Dan, what's
2: your album of the week? I don't usually do this. I try to be a cool guy. But uh, it's Retro Gore by Aborted.
1: Jeff, what about you?
2: All right. I'm going
1: completely the opposite direction and some old
2: cool guy over here.
1: Yeah. Some old British electronica. uh, The band's called 10 star and the uh, album is called the thrill kisser. And it's not the country band 10
2: star or the super Nintendo game, right? Or the movie.
0: You, sir, don't know the definition of the complete opposite direction. One side zero is the room
2: getting smaller
1: guess i could have done like garth brooks the dance or some shit like that get
2: out of my house (laughs) one thing that we like here on discography discussion is to hear from you guys recently we've gotten a lot of band submissions we're putting them all on a master list we want to hear what you guys have to say about the podcast you can either do that by sending us a review on all the multiple podcast platforms that we're part of but uh, you can also send us a message directly on facebook can like our page you can join the discography discussion official group and uh we can we can chat with you you can also join us on discord on the discuss metal server we're everywhere if you guys want to talk to us we're right here we'd love to talk to you guys and
0: on that note this has been episode one one zero of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at discuss metal Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discussmetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money.